Good morning, Acts Church. This is the scripture reading for this Sunday. It's found in the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 7, verses 18 to 30. John's disciples told him about all these things. Calling two of them, he sent them to the Lord to ask, Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? When the men came to Jesus, they said, John the Baptist sent us to you to ask, Are you the one who was to come, or should we expect someone else? At that very time, Jesus cured many who had diseases, sicknesses, and evil spirits, and gave sight to many who were blind. So he replied to the messengers, Go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind received sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. Blessed is the man who does not fall away on account of me. After John's messengers left, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What did you go out into the desert to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No, those who wear expensive clothes and indulge in luxury are in palaces. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. I tell you, among those born of women, there is no one greater than John. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. All the people, even the tax collectors, when they heard Jesus' words, acknowledged that God's way was right, because they had been baptized by John. But the Pharisees and experts in the law rejected God's purpose for themselves, because they had not been baptized by John. This is the Bible reading for today. Awesome. Thank you, Jay. Let's, uh, let's pray. God, your word brings light to us in the midst of a dark and broken world. And Father, as we come together, as we start this sermon series, Life Together, I pray that you would bring life to us, Lord, that you would show us your way to be able to do life, not only with you, but with other people, not just here in church, but also uh, wherever we go. Father, we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. So, uh, growing up, uh, I would always be the one that would separate my food on my plate. Anybody else keep their food separate on their plate? Yeah, they now have these uh, really cool contraptions with like these dividers on plates now, which makes it really easy to separate it, but I never had that luxury. Um, we also never used like styrofoam plates for dinners, but every time my mom would make dinner, what she would do is she'd configure my plate and then she'd bring it to the table and I would push everything away to kind of keep it separate so that they wouldn't touch one another. It's kind of it's kind of a weird thing, right? But then I'd look at my brother, who would be completely disgusting and gross, pile all his stuff on top of one another, and just like scrape all of his food completely clean. And it kind of gave me an excuse as I separated all of my food into one spot to eat one food at a time, and then it would leave me with my vegetables, which was the last thing, and I'd be like, oh, crap, I got to eat my vegetables now. It's like the worst part of the experience growing up. 
But it really wasn't until uh, I, I got to college and, and Chrissy and I had actually started dating. We went to this really ni- nice restaurant and uh, we went to celebrate like our dataversary or something like that. And it was really nice and they brought our food to us and you know, we had it and we were eating, enjoying. And, and Chrissy goes, ooh, this is really good in a combo bite. What? What's a combo bite? What does that even mean? She's like, here, try this. And she gives me her fork and she hands it to me and I eat from it. And it's a combination of different foods that uh, she put together on her plate onto this fork. And I, and I tasted it and it was like, it was like for me, it was like tasting peanut butter and jelly for the first time all over again. Like all of those, be- I don't know if you guys like peanut butter and jelly, but I'm a big fan. Um, all of those different like flavors and different kinds of like things coming together that just came so beautifully and like my mouth kind of just exploded with excitement. It was like, this is what you've been missing your entire life. And I'm like, oh man, what have I been missing out on? And so like combo bites, like now I'm a big fan of combo bites now. But honestly, to this day, I still keep my, I still keep my food separate um, on my plate. Combo bites are nice, but I still keep my food kind of away from each other so that they don't touch. And I was thinking about this as we start in our sermon series called Life Together, and I was just thinking about, isn't this how we treat life sometimes? Right? We do a really good job at compartmentalizing our life, right, and separating things that should never touch. Right? And occasionally we have those moments where we have combo bites. Maybe you have uh, people that you hang out with, uh, meet other uh, people of your friends, or like weddings where you see a conglomeration of different families coming together. Right? Those are kind of like the combo, mo- combo bites uh, of your life. Right? Or maybe you invite people over to your house that you never invited before. They, they come into kind of your like, sacred space. Right? Those are those combo bites that we get. But we tend to keep things in their corners as they should be. Right? And, and it kind of makes sense to keep things separate, right? I mean, think about the way that you guys organize your calendar or your schedule, whether you have a paper version of your calendar that you keep on your fridge or or you have it on your phone. Maybe you guys color cord your different schedules. So maybe you have like kids' sports come together or maybe you have like adult time or or family time. And oftentimes it can be really hard to, to literally blend those things together, right? It's like when something comes up on your calendar, you kind of have to like mentally prepared to get yourself into that mode. Have you guys ever been there before? Mentally preparing to get yourself into an event or doing something? Or um, maybe when you like, have like, in-laws or people coming from out of town over, you kind of get into this mode where you're like, okay, they're, they're coming over, they're staying for a couple days, we have to clean everything. Anybody else? Do that? Yeah, or, or maybe you're like, let's start putting up things that we've never put up before that have been in boxes for years so that kind of just looks nice, right? Or you get into this mindset of like, okay, family's coming over. Okay, what are the past stories that we've had over these past years? Like, got to collect all these things up so I can share them so we can have conversations so it's not really awkward to have in those moments, right? So you kind of mentally think about those things and you switch into like a different mode of your life. But to be honest, it's... It's kind of exhausting, right? It's kind of tiring to switch into those kind of different modes. And it's so easy to get caught up into switching into those different lifestyles or different modes or different ways that we act around people because maybe we have an expectation that that we should act in a certain way, right? That, That we should be in this kind of certain box, this kind of compartmentalization of how we view life. Right? And, and we get so caught up in this. 
that it's hard for us to kind of be able to blend in those moments, to have those combo bites, right? Maybe you're, you're doing an event or you're going to soccer practice with your kids and you think to yourself, um, okay, I'm going, to, I'm going to soccer practice. I'm going to be around all these other parents. I should probably switch into parent mode. I should probably leave the margarita at home, right? I, I kind of have to kind of mentally prepare for this moment to get into, right? And, and, and oftentimes, our expectations get in the way of people seeing us for being us, right? And this is often what Jesus faced during his earthly ministry as well. And when John the Baptist was starting his ministry, early in the, in the book of Luke, he keeps using this phrase, to repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. And this word repent is, is the word in Greek, it says metanoia. And the word prefix uh, meta means to change, right? Metamorphosis, to change, to transform. And noia is your mind. So this word repent is no longer like, God, I'm sorry for doing this. But metanoia, to repent, means to change your thinking, because the kingdom of God is at hand. Change the way that you view your life because God's kingdom is coming. And part of the irony about this is that John the Baptist was preaching to repent, but he also needed his change of thinking as well. He needed to repent because he had a certain way of thinking about who Jesus was as well. And this goes back into uh, Luke chapter 3 that we'll read together. It should be on the screens here. And this is what uh, John the Baptist was saying about Jesus. This is his expectation. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor, to gather the wheat into his barn. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. So, so John the Baptist had this idea of, of how Jesus was going to operate in his ministry as his kingdom was coming and telling people to repent, to change your ways, to change your thinking. But the way that he was thinking about it was, look, Jesus is going to come in and he's going to clean house. He's going to separate the chaff from the wheat. He's going to use his winnowing fork and it's going to be intense and crazy and wild. Right? And so while John the Baptist is warning these folks about this impending doom that is coming from this glorious purpose of the Almighty God, he's begging people to change their ways and their thinking because God is coming to judge these nations soon. What we see is Jesus is interacting with other people, all sorts of people, doing life with them. And in the midst of Jesus doing life together with people, he's teaching, he's doing miracles, he's healing, and he's even performing exorcisms. And the people that Jesus hung around with were people like lepers and demon-possessed people, the, the poor, tax collectors, a widow, and, and a Roman soldier, which was the enemy of the state because they had taken over Israel. And, and so which, Jesus is not separating these people. He, he's actually bringing them close. And it's not the separation that John the Baptist was expecting. And so John the Baptist sends his folks to Jesus, and he asks this, they ask this question. Jesus, are, are you the one who is to come? Or should we expect someone else? Jesus, are, are you really the right guy for this job? Are you sure you know what you're doing? And Jesus answers, he says this, he says, Go back and report to John what you have seen 
the blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. And, and blessed is anyone who doesn't stumble on account of me. And what I love about Jesus here that we read is that Jesus is unapologetic for the things that he does. And, and I love how Jesus responds in this, but I'm also challenged at the same time. And I think this text might be a really good reflection for us this morning because, because maybe we put expectations on Jesus that were never really there. Jesus, are you sure you're the right guy for this job? Like, I've been, I've been doing finances all my life, right? I, I know to put money into GameStop. Yeah, it's the right move. Jesus, are you sure you're the right guy for this job? Like, I have, I have it at this corner right here. Jesus, I don't want you touching this. This is my area. I've done this. I know how it goes. Jesus, are you really the right guy for this job? Or should we expect somebody else? You know, when it comes to my physical body, you know, I, I've been working out. I've been eating right. You know, I look at the scale, and sometimes the number doesn't always reflect that I've been working out and eating right. But, Jesus, are you sure you're the right guy for this job? Like, I'm just going to keep, keep to your side, Jesus. God, I, I know... I know there are people in my workplace that, that don't know who you are. And I've been praying and just asking that they would come to know you. But, God, sometimes at work it's just awkward to have those conversations about faith. Like, I don't want to make people feel uncomfortable. Is there an easy way that I can do this? Jesus, are, are you the right guy for this job or should, should we expect something else or someone else? And what often happens is that our expectations create these compartmentalizations. We, we have these expectations that, that create these separations. Because even the Pharisees even had this compartmentalized view of who Jesus was, right? They, they thought of Jesus as being this kind of spiritual leader, this teacher, right? Or they were hoping for the Messiah to in one way, and Jesus does the other, which is why they ask this question over and over again. Why does he eat with sinners and tax collectors? Jesus, I thought you were supposed to do something else. I thought you were supposed to be teaching about the law. I thought you were supposed to overthrow the Roman rule. And sometimes we see people in the image of our own expectations rather than in the image of God. Let me say that again. Sometimes we see people in the image of our own expectations that reproject on others rather than seeing them in the image of God. So, so this morning, I, I want you guys to think about this. Where do you find yourself compartmentalizing Jesus? Because Jesus in his ministry was unapologetically himself. This is what he says in Luke chapter 7, verse 22 to 23 again. He says, the blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. 
and, and there's, this res- there's this translation that I love that says, it says, blesses the one who's not offended by me. And, and I think the Lord's prayer that we pray each and every week is a really good example of Jesus breaking through all areas of our lives. And oftentimes, we, we sometimes in our heads or in our hearts, and I often do this too, is your, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in my expectations? No. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That, that, that God is breaking through the molds of our expectations and our barriers. Jesus' teachings, Jesus' adventures, the people he interacted with doesn't fall into just one category in life, right? And and Jesus didn't have to switch modes in order to break through those barriers. I I think oftentimes whenever we read the Great Commission, right, go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey all the things that Jesus commanded, right, baptizing. Sometimes we switch into church mode and and we think, okay, uh, we need to go to church, we need to learn how to talk to non-believers and, and, and tell them about Jesus so that they convert, and, and then we move on. But as we talk about doing life together, life together is discipleship. It's a lifelong process that we walk with people in. And, and the beautiful thing is that Jesus is inviting us to do life together with him and with others too. And because Jesus was real in all that he did, Jesus gives us permission to do the same. So, so as we start this series called Life Together, there is this challenge for us, including myself, to break down these walls that we put up for us to be who God has called us to be together. And this isn't just for, introver- or for extroverts. It's also for introverts too, right? And what I don't mean when I talk about life together, I don't mean that we always spend time with one another. Because I love y'all, y'all are great, but that would completely exhaust me, right? And it might exhaust you guys as well. But what it means is that when, when I look at you and when you guys look at me and when we look at each other, that we don't see each other for what we do, but we see who God has created us to be, which oftentimes can be scary and requires vulnerability. Sometimes I think to myself, God, I, I don't know. Maybe it's uncomfortable for me to share parts of my life with other people. But we worship a risen, resurrected king that breaks down all barriers in life. That even in the midst of my weird quirks and characteristics and things that I love to do, God can continue to work through even the hardest of places. So maybe it looks like sharing things that you wouldn't normally share with other people. Maybe it means opening up in ways that you know God might be calling you to step out. Maybe it means to repent and to open our minds to being changed to where the Spirit calls us. And here's my challenge for us as we start in this series called Life Together. You know, oftentimes it could be easy for us to maybe have the same conversations with people or to get into a rhythm of just saying the same things. My challenge to you, and I'll start off, is to share something with somebody, whether it's here or this week, that you wouldn't normally share with them. That it would open up a a conversation that could be really open. Okay, so I'll give an example. So for me, I'm not going to lie, 
I still love Pokemon to this day. Just real talk. You guys can laugh. That's all right. I don't care. I love it to this day. I think it's the coolest thing. They have a great company. Anyways, I'm not going to get into all the details. But we never know what conversations can come up from sharing things about our lives. Right? And, and as we open up and, and God allows us to be vulnerable to sharing those, we never know what kind of conversations we can do and that God can use to be able to show his glory. Right? Maybe one of you guys loves Pokemon, and we get a chance to talk about it and really have a deeper relationship in that. Maybe it's things like you love to travel, and you have a chance to be able to connect with other people, and you have stories that you want to share. God is inviting us to be able to do life together, not only with him, but also with other people as well. And God is calling us to, to kind of to smear the plate, right? Not just in combo bites, but to to blend it all together, that God is continuing to work in and through our lives, past the compartmentalizations, past the barriers that we put up in our life. Let's pray. God, often we think that we are stronger than you as we put up walls in our lives. Father, we often put expectations on other people and put them into boxes. But when Jesus sees us, the real us, not the expectations that we project on other people, God, you see that you love us and that you care for us. Father, as we come into this moment of confession and absolution, I pray that we would take time to repent that we would take time to change our thinking and our mind of what you can do in and through our lives. And not just through our lives, but through the other people that we interact with as well. Father, in this moment of silence, I pray that we would just lift up those, those parts where we put up walls and invite you to tear them down. Father, you tear down the wall of hostility in our lives. Through your son, Jesus, the curtain was torn in two so that we could have a direct relationship with you and access to be able to be connected through the blood of your son, Jesus, with other people as well. Father, I pray that you this week would open opportunities as we share things in our lives that maybe it's the things that we don't like to share that you would open up opportunities for us to be able to connect with people and to be able to share and do life together. We thank you, Jesus. It's in your name that we pray. And all God's people said,